0: And Welcome to episode one of the Kangaroo English podcast, a podcast about language for people learning languages. I'm Christian, and in this episode, I will discuss a phenomenon called misnaming. I will explain what it is, what it tells us about learning vocabulary, and why dogs are far superior to cats. Since this is the inaugural Kangaroo English podcast, I should probably introduce myself. My name is Christian. I was born in Australia, and I'm an English teacher. But since 2010, I have lived and worked in Spain, teaching English from my own private academy. In my spare time, I make videos for YouTube. I also run an incredible Facebook group full of students from all over the world who come into the group to express themselves in English. And of course, I have an incredible Instagram. It is lit. You should, you should definitely check it out. I would love to see you on any of my social media. And you can find links to all of that on my website, kangarooenglish. Com. As with all of my online activities, this podcast is made possible by my very generous sponsors on Patreon. Thank you very much, and if you would like to sponsor free English education, then check out my Patreon page. I have only one hope for this podcast, apart from, of course, world domination, and that is I want to give people driveway moments. So a driveway moment is from the old days of radio when when really most people listened to the radio in their car. And a driveway moment is when you arrived at your house, but you had to find out how the program ended so you would sit in your car with the engine running uh, for as long as it took for the program to finish and... I really hope that I can give some of you some, some driveway moments. Extra five minutes on the treadmill. Maybe you accidentally miss your bus stop. Let me know in the comments. I, I'd love to know if, if you had a driveway moment. Okay, so enough with the introductions. Let's get down to business. So, I want to start by talking about something which I'm sure is familiar to all of you. And that is the sensation of having a word on the tip of your tongue. It's when you, you want to produce a word, but you, you can't quite remember it. Now, what's strange about this feeling is that you probably remember some details about the word, maybe the first or last letters of the word, or maybe a sound it contains, a word it rhymes with, and maybe even how many syllables it has. And you also have the feeling that at any moment soon you are going to produce this word. And all of this is accompanied by this intense feeling of anxiety or frustration and then great relief when you finally produce the word. This is tip of the tongue. Now, what's really interesting about this phenomenon Is what it tells us about how our memory works, about how we store and recall vocabulary. In 2004, some researchers from Pomona College and Claremont Graduate University published an article called Cherry Pit Primes Brad Pitt. They wanted to know if they could stimulate the recall of proper nouns by using homophones homophones are words that sound identical but have different meanings. What the researchers did is they showed the participants in the study various photographs of famous celebrities and asked them to name that celebrity. And of course, sometimes the participants in the study would have that tip of the tongue experience. And the researchers wanted to know if they could reduce the quantity of those tip-of-the-tongue experiences by previously making them produce a homophone of the famous person's name. So, for example, before they showed them a picture of Brad Pitt, they asked them this question, what is the name of the hard stone as of the plum or cherry, which contains the seed? And the answer is, of course, PIT. And the results of this research were really interesting. So I'm going to read from their conclusion Prior production of a homophone, e.g., PIT, as the response on a definition trial, increased correct naming and reduced tip of the tongue experiences for a proper name we conclude that homophone production strengthens phonological connections, increasing the transmission of excitation. Now don't fall asleep just yet, okay? This tells us that as the brain stores vocabulary, one of the ways that it categorizes vocabulary is by its sound. And when we excite this sound in the brain, we excite All of the other vocabulary which sounds similar. So we've talked now about when you cannot remember a word at all, but what about when you produce something but it's the wrong part of the word or the wrong word completely? Well, there are various types of these speech errors. For example, there are malapropisms and Malapropism is where we use the wrong word, but it has a similar sound. And my favourite example of this is from the former Australian Prime Minister, Tony Abbott. Have a listen to this. No one, however smart, uh, however well educated, however experienced, is the suppository of all wisdom. (laughs) So that's right. The... Prime Minister of Australia said suppository of all wisdom, when of course he wanted to say repository. There's a massive difference. Another type of speech error is a spoonerism, and that's when we swap the initial sounds of two words, sometimes by accident, but sometimes deliberately to create a comedic effect like in this classic sketch from the two ronnie's oh, good morning william good ray dozier i mean good day rosie mm-hmm. you were up early dear where have you been oh i've been rolling in the stroze bushes <laughs> uh, strolling in the rose bushes <laughs> they love so smelly this morning you do adore your garden don't you oh in do i deed i mean in do i do. <laughs> yes there's nothing makes me gappier than a spot of hardening Right here. <laughs> but the type of speech error that is really interesting to people learning languages is misnamings. Now, I'm sure that you've all had this experience where somebody, usually your parents, <laughs> accidentally calls you by another name. Maybe the name of your brother or sister or a friend or maybe even the family pet. I know that uh, my mum would say, Natasha, John, Sigmund, uh, I mean Christian. You know, the name of my sister and my uncle and the family dog and then my name. When people do this, sometimes they use just one wrong name or sometimes they use an entire string of names. And it's a fascinating error because we are talking to people that we know really well, like a parent or a child. And we see that person regularly, but our brain still makes this fundamental error. So the question is, why In 2016, some researchers from Duke University and Aarhus University asked exactly this question, and they produced a paper called All My Children, the roles of semantic category and phonetic similarity in the misnaming of familiar individuals. Now, some interesting initial things to note from their conclusions. More than half of the people in their study experienced this phenomenon, so it's really common. And about 80% of the time, the misnamed person was in sight of the misnamer. About 70% of the time, a person produced a single name, but if they did produce a string of names, then at the end, they produced the correct name almost 100% of the time. And finally, in general, there was no physical similarity between the people being misnamed. Now, here's the part where it gets really interesting for us. When the researchers looked at the relationships between the misnamed and the misnamer, they discovered a significant relationship across the categories. I'm going to quote from their research. Family members tended to misname other family members using a third family member's name. Friends tended to misname other friends and others tended to misname others. But then they asked whether it was because the two names sounded similar, like Brad Pitt, Cherry Pitt. Let me quote again from their research. Phonetic similarity between names also leads to misnamings. However, the size of this effect was smaller than that of semantic category. Overall, the misnaming of familiar individuals is driven by the relationship between the misnamer, misnamed, and named. So, what does this mean for people trying to learn vocabulary in a new language? It means that if you want to remember vocabulary, then you really need to activate those two things, the sound and the semantic relationship, but especially those relationships. Memorizing a list of vocabulary out of context might work in the short term, but if you want to remember the vocabulary in the long term, then you need to make connections with other words in the brain. One final thing. In the study, there was 42 instances of people using a pet name instead of a human name. But of those 42, only four non-dog names were used, even though the people in the study owned cats just as often as dogs. So dogs really are part of the family, and cats are just out doing their own thing and being independent and being cats. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to hear more podcasts, then don't forget to subscribe to the feed in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And I would also love to see you on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Another big thanks to my sponsors on Patreon for making this podcast possible, and if you would like to sponsor free English education, then please visit patreon.com forward slash kangarooenglish. I'm Christian. This is Kangaroo English. I'll see you in class.